Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people who are talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. Hey, Shay. Hey, Shari. We're here again. (laughs) We've had so much fun today. I know you're out of words, but we're going to talk about this episode of singleness. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that you said. You read a book one time that called, was it The Gift of Singleness? It was called The Path of Loneliness. Oh, The Path of Loneliness. But it talked about the gift of being single. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so most people are like, it's not a gift to be single. Right. Because our world doesn't think like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need a guy. I need to it's date so now. Yeah, but both, I mean, Mary and Stacy can attest to, they're in different seasons of life. They've had different experiences, but they both can agree that the times where they felt Jesus the most was when they were placed in situations where they were alone, essentially, mm-hmm. and how we forget what that feels like sometimes and then almost crave wanting that again, like Mm -hmm. just the intimacy with Jesus when he's all we have. Mm -hmm. So to hear both of them express that in different seasons of life is just so good because it's so true. And I I just love that. It is true. And I love my husband and I love my children and I love being married. But sometimes when I'm around people who are single, Mm. I I kind of crave that ability to say, you know what, I could just leave tomorrow if I wanted to. not that you don't have a job and other right. responsibilities, but you can make that decision without passing it through a committee. Yes. <laughs> That's how yes. I feel sometimes. So today's episode on singleness, you ladies are not going to want to miss this. And I actually think that there's some good stuff in here for um, guys as well. So you can share it with all your friends. We hope that we give you something today, mm-hmm. a little secret for your big breakthrough on <laughs> Overcoming Monday. <laughs> All right, I have three amazing ladies in the studio today. Shay Gardner, who works for Clayton King Ministries in our discipleship program, Meredith Knox, and Stacy Tarrant, who both work with the student ministry at our church, New Spring. Y'all are hey. actually kind of in charge of that a little bit. And then um, all of these ladies are strong women who love Jesus with their full hearts. And so I can't wait to, for them to share their wisdom and experience in these next two episodes with you guys of Overcoming Monday. For this first episode, we're going to be talking about how they practically lived out their single lives and live um, to the fullest, <laughs> right? <laughs> because <laughs> Mary and Stacy are still single and loving Love it. <laughs> and um, Shay spent a few years actually on the mission field as a single woman and loved her life as well. So we're just going to talk about how to make the most of your singleness. Well, the title of this episode is called Celebrating Singleness. So let's do this, guys. <laughs> Mara's going to sing a solo with us. I'm not. You're not, not this time, no. But you like to sing. I do. I love to sing. And you didn't know you could sing, or you just didn't really think you would ever lead worship oh, at one no, point. Oh, no, no, <clears throat> no. singing was for the car, mm-hmm. and that's about it. So and there's then, hope for us all. 
Yes. Right. Anyone. Listen, you can do this. You can. Don't let American Idol tell you you can't. Wasn't there, how did that happen? I forgot how someone told you, you should try to lead worship, Mayor. I was singing in the office. Uh, the joy of the Lord was just flowing out of me. And our worship leader actually came up and he was like, do you sing? And I was like, no. But then it was too late. And he asked me to start leading and it just kind of went from there. Yeah. Yeah. And you do a great job. So well, thank you. Um, I want to ask you this morning, we're going to start off with some funny questions for you guys. The My first favorite kind. One, yes. <laughs> The first one is, would you rather go bungee jumping off the Victoria Falls Bridge in Zimbabwe? Mm-mm. Or <laughs> Stacey loves heights. cage diving with a great white shark? Wow. Let me tell you something. Underwater, in a cage, with some of the scariest animals ever created. Ever. With, and after seeing 47 meters down. Not a chance. I am bungee jumping all day. All day. <laughs> have you that ever bungee awesome. jumped? No, I need to. Oh, That's should. a bucket list for mm-hmm. sure. I have. It's so fun. You it's have? Yes. Off of a suspension bridge, but in the in Nepal. Not Yes. Um, same. It was <laughs> It was she crazy was in Nepal, guys. <laughs> That's why nightmare. I cry like on Ferris oh, wheels. I screamed so it was only it was peer pressure was the only yeah. reason. I I but couldn't then once handle I did, that. I was it was so awesome. You that sounds amazing. I'm in. I'm glad it's Let's on your go. List. That's a good one. Let's go. <laughs> um, Stacy, which kind of movie do you prefer? Action and adventure, drama, comedy, or political drama? Ooh, that's a good question. I love movies. I don't like anything twisted. So if it's like weird sci-fi, weird, 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 Same. I don't want anything to do with Same. it. But if it's got a cute guy and a love story and it's going to make me laugh, I'm in. I'm this in is, all day This long. is about singleness, right? Romantic yeah. comedy. Yeah. So what's your favorite um, cute guy and love story? Ooh, Chris Hemsworth. In- uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what movie? <laughs> Okay. Okay. I just like Chris. Chris, if you're listening. I I didn't even hear the question. All I was thinking about was Chris. (laughs) You might need to say the question again. Oh my god. What movie? So is that a favorite movie that he's in? Is that what? No, I just like Chris. Daisy's Um, face is red. So red. Okay. Um, favorite movie. Okay, The Proposal. Okay. Yeah, I always thought that would that was gonna happen to me when I moved to America that I would get a visa because I was going to get married to an American. That didn't happen, but God gave me a visa anyways, so <laughs> there you it worked go. out there well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's yes. right. So um, I just wondered if you guys could just take a minute to tell us about yourselves. We can start with Mayor, I guess, and yeah. then just tell us about your current life and how you've gotten to where you are or what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so current life um, is awesome. I don't know if I can just say that yeah, blank, you can. blatantly out there. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, playing a lot of sports, which got me to Anderson, South Carolina, to play softball at AU, which is where I go first... Go Trojans! Go Trojans! <laughs> true to AU! I think that's the slogan. Anyways, um, which actually got me to New Spring Church where uh, I got saved here at AU, actually, in a message that Clayton preached here, which was awesome. Wow, full circle. Whoa, God moment, sitting in this room. That's awesome. (laughs) And, um, yeah, just through that, going to New Spring, got called to ministry, specifically student ministry, um, and a couple of moves in between, 
Um, but pretty much ever since 2009, have been working with Fuse Student Ministry, 6th to 12th graders. So almost a decade. Man, I started when I was 14. I'm now 24. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> and I've seen, like, there's been a few pictures of you baptizing some yeah. students lately. And I know that there, that has been a lot of pouring in for you. Oh, so yeah. tell Jason me about both. how that feels for you guys. Just seeing all that come around, like pouring into students and then getting to baptize. How does that mm. feel? Just take it, Stace. Um, it's quite surreal, but I, I guess for us, we're doing for these girls what people have done for us our That's whole true. lives. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I was without my Fuse mom, mm-hmm. but I, it wasn't Fuse, it was different. But I wouldn't be where I am without her. So to be able to play a role like she played in my life, but for these younger girls, just seems mm-hmm. natural. Like, it's just what you would do. Why would you do anything other than that? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a natural progression, I think, of discipleship and what it means yeah. to be a Christian. So. It's an honor for sure. These honor. girls are so cute. We're Fuse grandmoms, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's which true. Which is wild. One of our girls just had a baby recently. Yeah. Stacy had to pick her up in the car seat the other day. Wow. Yeah, that's so crazy. That's very special. And Stacy, tell just tell our listeners how you traveled across the sea to end up being here in Anderson, South Carolina. Yeah, that ain't, yes. a, that ain't a southern accent. No. So I was a student pastor in Australia, did that for four years, and then um, in 2013 felt so strongly the Lord called me to do ministry in the States. And I only knew of a few American churches, didn't know anyone really at all, but I've, I'd been watching you spring online for a couple of years, so I applied for the internship and they interviewed me over Skype and they said, come on over. I mean, if you're if you're willing, we'll have you. So I came over as an intern and then a few months into that, they offered me a job. And so I've been on staff um, since 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with New Spring. That's great. Yes. Um, about myself or asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am currently now working in the discipleship program through Clayton King Ministries, working with CDHers. It's been awesome. So it's very interesting to have people so into your life in discipleship where they like practically di- like discipline your children and know your fights with your husband <laughs> and all that. But I feel like it's a blessing to be able to live that closely with people and to share life in such a real way and to sharpen each other when it hurts, but um, just to be able to walk so closely. I don't think I've ever had that experience until moving here. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a blessing for our family, for sure. Um, my heart and my family's heart is for missions. And so um, everything we do, we are focusing on like how to be missional with our lives, especially with our families. And I think that was instilled in me as a single woman mm-hmm. and now wanting that um, to play out in our family. And thankfully, Jesus brought me someone who has the same heart and passion. So we can live that out together. So currently we are um, engaging with women in Section 8 housing, women and families um, in Anderson, and just really trying to connect them with the grace and love of Jesus, um, just sharing with them how they can be brought out of their brokenness. And so that looks very interesting mm-hmm. from week to week as we show up in these places and get to know these families, but um, it's cool. I like it. I like life right now. It's good. And you you grew up as a pastor's daughter, and then you went to Liberty, basically, mm-hmm. after that. And then after Liberty, you took off to Pakistan. Yes. Correct? Yes. So tell us a little bit what it was like to live there. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. Um, I knew since I was 15 that I wanted to do missions. My first trip was to Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Lord in, in that season really broke my heart for, like, the needs that I was seeing, like, just the poverty. Um 
But then as I took more trips throughout high school and into college, I really recognized that the needs um, were, are, were everywhere and we're always going to be there. Um, but then it was like almost, which sounds weird, but the gospel kind of took over. At first, my heart was broken for the needs, and then my yeah. heart was broken for the greatest need. And so um, mm-hmm. after college, when I decided I had been in several relationships that didn't work out, I was like, no man's going to hold me back. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, at first, it was almost probably out of like, get me out of here. How do I get over this like brokenness? And my heart was breaking. And then I thought, I'm just going to throw myself into the kingdom. I'm just going to throw myself into working for Jesus and let him like allow the healing to happen. So I applied to go overseas, um, ended up going to South Asia, was in India for a little while, and then ended up in Pakistan. And having worked, there were three of us that were single all in our early 20s. And we just traveled the Himalayan mountains and shared the gospel in villages. Wow, that sounds like, amazing. It was amazing. And so I'm so thankful to tie this a little bit into what we're talking about, that those relationships that I was obedient to Jesus and not pursuing a relationship because it was what I like thought was safe or wanted, but that mm-hmm. I literally listened to Jesus and stepped out of that and was able to have an experience that I will never regret and literally one of the best seasons mm, of my life. That's awesome. And so, so many single women, when I talk to them, I'm always like, just do, like, do your life. Jesus sees you. He saw me in Pakistan. Like, he knew my heart and who I needed for this next season of life. And so, I am so thankful for that. But I wouldn't trade that time for anything. It was, yeah. it was awesome. Love that. That's I know awesome. you guys feel the same way. Shay, can you just tell, before we move on to the next question, I, you told me the other day that there was a woman who you ministered with and she had two kids. Mm-hmm. And just tell us that story about how you would go out hiking and what mm-hmm. it felt like for her when you returned. Yeah. And so in those moments of like loneliness or just really wishing, I mean, all my friends were married and had kids. So it was just same. That was, yeah. And so I was very happy for them. But at the same time, there were moments that I longed for that. But then um, the more that I saw the greater purpose of why Jesus had me where he had me in Pakistan, it was freeing to me. And so the woman, um, we live with a couple and they have three kids and her heart was for missions too. And so we lived in an apartment above their house. And so we would go out and travel and get to share the gospel and go from village to village and have these amazing and difficult experiences. And we would come back and I could see almost the longing in her heart and in her eyes because we were able to do things that she wasn't because of the season of life that she was in. And so anytime I had that longing, I tried to turn it into thankfulness and like thank Jesus that I was where I was, and so I could go to these places that my supervisor's wife couldn't go. Yeah. And so it was just like a constant learning and growing. But I just remember thinking to myself, like, I would be so um, sad if I didn't have this experience and that I always had the longing look that I saw my supervisor's mm-hmm. wife have. That makes sense. And so I just always prayed that um, I would be so obedient to Jesus that I wouldn't continually long for something that I couldn't have. Mm. Yeah. So it's great. Amen. Do you guys, um, y'all are pretty much best friends now. Who? You guys. I'm just y'all. <laughs> we you're guys. like, you're kind of married a little bit. What? Not really. <laughs> not really married, but I feel like you know I each other. I will say, though, we do live together, uh-huh. work on the same team, so yes. have offices right there. <laughs> yes. And we're 
best friends. So I feel like we definitely juggle and manage a whole lot where other people might get a little bit frustrated. We tend to be friends instead. So it's been awesome. Yeah. I think that's what I'm pointing out. Not really that you're married because that could be taken the wrong way. But what I mean is, you know each other so well and I appreciate that. And I think that female friendships are huge um, to have, but I think they're difficult to manage sometimes. Mm. So... But I think that that they're essential when you're single. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. yes. you know. Yep. So you guys just talk about that a little bit. I mean, back and forth. I'd love to. I want to hear how you guys make your friendship work and how you make the most of being single with each other, like mm-hmm. hanging out and stuff. Yeah, your girlfriends. Go, Stace. No, you go. Okay. So funny thing is, we actually uh, didn't like each other mm-hmm. um, when we first Always worked that way. Yes. So I was actually living in England. Um, moved from New Spring to England to work with a church there. And then Stacy moved to America while I was in England. So everyone is like, oh, this girl named Stacy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, uh-huh. come to find out, I had a desire in my heart to preach, had not yet had the fulfillment of that, hadn't really talked to anyone about it. One of my, but I had voiced multiple times, our ministry needs a female voice. Like these young girls need a female on stage to show them how to love Jesus, uh, to be that example. And then one of my friends called me saying, you're going to love this. That Australian girl, Stacy, she's preaching this week at Fuse. And my flesh and sinful nature just completely takes over. And I'm like, oh, cool. She's been there, what, 45 minutes? And they're going to let her <laughs> preach at this ministry that I put on my back? You know, that's, yeah. you know, you're... And I'm hearing everybody talk about this girl named Manox, Manox. And I just wanted to look at everyone and be like, Manox is no longer here. We need to stop talking about it. Like, it really was such a simple, like, yeah, just competitiveness competitive, and being threatened by each other. Comparison, all that stuff. <laughs> And then I end up moving back, obviously, while I'm sitting here, and we meet and actually hang out, and it was kind of like, oh, crap, like, we're supposed to be friends. Um, But it's been awesome to see, and this is why I will encourage, um, you know, women and men with is, obviously, I'm not married, but I think there is still the need for community with your girls Uh and guys to have community with their guys Uh, because it really has been such a gift of um, having someone beside you who uh, you can just be friends and do ministry with Mm -hmm. feels very much like I think the enemy tries to turn us into competitors because the Lord made us to be Mm co-laborers. So definitely felt the competitive edge for a while and it's just been obvious how the Lord purposed it for us to be co-laborers to get to do this ministry thing together for the season that it is um and it's been awesome yeah right mate (laughs) very fun and i think as well godly friendships are the grounds by which we get to live out our christian beliefs Mm. and if you can't do that in marriage and learn how to apply what you're reading in the word in marriage i mean friendship is the Mm -hmm. the next place where it's like the lord is using this friendship to sanctify me Mm -hmm. um to bless me to encourage me like i wouldn't be who i am without this friendship right here Mm -hmm. and many others but specifically this one just because of the close proximity that we have so as single people we're not missing out just because we're not married Mm -hmm. we get what god wants to give married people in regards to community and companionship we just get that in a friendship and it's Mm -hmm. awesome I think if I were to look back on at least my life, I think that um, 
I was a little bit intimidated by female friendships when mm-hmm. I was younger, just because it seems like there's a lot of drama involved sometimes. <laughs> but when I look at it as you get older, I think that one reason why female friendships can be intimidating for girls is because I think we can see through each other and we can, it's like iron sharpens iron hap- huh. can happen between two women really well because you see stuff mm-hmm. that maybe a guy doesn't see. Mm-hmm. And so I think that maybe the natural tendency is to mm. have closer friendships with guys because it's easier. They're not going to call you out. Like you can flirt back into it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You can flirt back into getting along, mm-hmm. but you can't do that with a girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you Just have keeps to... calling you on your stuff. Yes. <laughs> and, and that I think is a good thing for us, even though it yeah. can feel intimidating. And so I think that even with guys, it's the same thing. You know, it's easy the attraction value of a girl guy relationship makes the sometimes makes the relationship c- kind of easier because it stay it can stay surfacey or it can go to a physical mm-hmm. a level where you're not really like refining each other yeah. iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. and so i think that if we're not trying to pursue friendships where we're iron sharpening iron, then we may not become used to that. Yeah. And so we don't see the value in it. We are more afraid yeah. of it. I've seen that. Well, I mean, if you look at when Jesus washed his disciples' feet and then said, hey, the way the world's going to know I am real is by the way you love each other. And when you look at that example, he's not talking to married couples. He's talking to brothers, you know, and I think the same applies to sisters, like mm-hmm. your your friends, your girls, your crew, the world. And this is why I think so many girls have the, the enemy has twisted friendship is that it now has become comparison, competitiveness, all that. But Jesus told us one simple way the world's mm-hmm. going to know I am real is by how good of friends you are to one another mm-hmm. and how you love each other mm-hmm. unconditionally. Um, and I hope to get to that in marriage one day in Jesus name. Amen. <laughs> amen. But the fact that he looks at brothers, friends and says that first mm-hmm. to me has just been such a great example of our world needs solid friendships just mm-hmm. as much as it needs solid marriages. Mm-hmm. I think if, People in marriage had solid friends, guys and guys, girls and girls outside of their marriage. Marriages would be so much stronger because you are just blunt. I know that one day whenever we get married, I will bust down her door and she will bust down mine if I'm ever trying to get out. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you're not. Come back in. We are. I did it when we were single and we're going to hold each other accountable when we're married too so and I do want to just add to what you were saying Shari about the friendship with guys thing and it and I think a lot of women would agree it's so much easier to have Mm -hmm. friendships with guys and so I think sometimes we resort back to that because it's just easy Mm -hmm. but you you never get the best things in life if it's easy right Right. you get the best things by digging a little bit putting in the hard work and yeah friendships with girls are way more difficult because there is so much more baggage it seems to work through but it's difficult for a reason because that's where it's the most precious um, and the most valuable so not allowing that as an excuse to just be friends with guys because it's easier well then you're never going to get anything valuable out of life with that mentality so like embracing the difficulty of friendships with girls because there is great gold at the bottom when you begin digging. Yes.
We'll be back in just a moment, but first, let's check in with Elizabeth Harper, our in-house beauty expert, for some top trends in your weekly dose of practical advice. Hey y'all, this is Elizabeth with Tips and Tricks for Season 3. The tips that I'm bringing to y'all this morning are from Shari's book, I Love You More Except When I Don't, Fighting to Keep Jesus First. Um, I'm looking at Chapter 8, I Love You More in My Community. This is a chapter that I am really applying to my life every day right now. Um, we are in a new, newish community now. Um, we've lived in Kentucky now for two years. We've never lived here before. We have no friends here. We have no family. And so we are um, pressing into community right now, trying to get connected with those who the Lord has for us. And so um, I wanted to share with y'all some tips from this chapter that have meant a lot to me. Um, number one, let Jesus fill your love void. Let him fill you up. He is the only one that's going to do that. No friend, no boyfriend, no husband, nothing. Jesus is it, guys, and I think we all know that. Um, number two, look for friends that will help you run your race and finish life well. I absolutely love this. I'm trying to run, y'all. I'm trying real hard. <laughs> I want to be a runner like Shari, and I'm trying really hard every day to go out there and run, and so this is such a visual for me, picturing somebody that's going to come alongside me and, like, encourage me, help me finish the race well, and, you know, Elizabeth, I know you can do it, and guys, isn't it true that when somebody comes alongside us and starts to do that, it automatically strikes something inside of us, and we begin to encourage them, and it's such an awesome symbiotic relationship, and I feel like that's just a great picture of community and of friendship, that visual of running that race together. So I love that one. Look for a friend that will help you run your race and finish life well. Number three, ask the Lord to help you put yourself on the shelf, loving others more than yourself. This hit me hard this morning. I had to wake up and help somebody early, bright and early around 5 a.m., um, was something and I didn't want to do it. I was exhausted. I had been up a couple of times already with our six month old and I said, Jesus, could you please get up and do this for me? He did not. And he asked me to, he said, Elizabeth, come on now. And literally that phrase popped into my head, put yourself on the shelf. And y'all, I was really glad that I did it. I was exhausted, but I drank two cups of coffee and I made it. Um, believe the best. Number four, believe the best in your friend. I think we have a tendency to second guess people, especially in today's society, and question their motives. That is not how to have a healthy relationship. Believe the best in your friend and let them just see what the Lord does with that. Okay? It's so easy to doubt and second guess, but believe the best in your friend. And number five, keep your focus vertical, letting the Lord's love fill you and allowing it to pour out. This is how we have healthy relationships. We focus first on the Lord. It was tip number one, let Jesus fill your love void, and it's how we finish it. Keep your focus vertical, letting the Lord's love fill you and allowing it to pour out on your friends. Guys, I hope you heard these. I hope they will sink deep into your heart, and I hope they will help you today. Have an awesome day, and be blessed. So I just want to ask you, while we're on the subject of thing, friendships being hard, 
What do you, if you guys have had a, say you. Just say, this morning you, I had to apologize. Just pretend that you had a fight. <laughs> I'm not saying that you do fight. This morning, Shari, this morning I had to apologize and say, mate, I'm sorry for this. And yeah, we moved on. How do you like imagine your worst disagreement or whatever? How did you guys come back together? I'm not saying you have to give the details of that, (laughs) but how did you make steps to come back and then to like actually restore your friendship? Because I think that's that's hard. It is hard. But even like back to this morning, I, I wasn't a great friend last night and it wasn't that I did anything wrong it's just that I wasn't very caring and very thoughtful and so this morning I was crying last night let's just say so this morning I come back around I'm doing my my time with the Lord and the Lord kind of prompts me that I need to apologize to Mary she's sitting right on the other couch doing her time with the Lord I mean we are literally in each other's pockets (laughs) and so I had to apologize but The thing I love about our friendship specifically is we're in this rhythm of godly community and we're in Mm -hmm. this rhythm of um, apologizing and forgiving. And so when you're in this rhythm and it feels very natural and normal to be open and honest and quick to forgive, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. It's scalable. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter whether it was she was crying, I wasn't a good friend or fill in the blank, bigger issue, which I've had. Like, it doesn't matter because we're in this rhythm and we're built in these godly um yeah godly attributes as friends of things to do and godly practices and i think it's yeah totally scalable so um be quick to forgive but also quick to apologize and recognize your own flaws and faults in the friendship Mm -hmm. because that also enables and invites them to do the same Mm -hmm. so yep i'll say in the south too i and this is just my context but i'm assuming it applies to pretty much women everywhere but especially with social media and everything else there is out there to portray something to project something versus Mm. reality full honesty and disclosure um our culture has kind of squashed complete honesty Mm -hmm. you know Mm. um and made it a scary thing Mm. and i think that's like in a good friendship coming around and be mad at each other that's fine like it's gonna happen we're humans but coming back around and just being like either a like stacy did this morning hey i wasn't a good friend last night i'm sorry i'm like yeah that's fine just don't ever do it again i'm just kidding (laughs) or um hey that really like hurt me and this is why um i think is why so many friendships end because people aren't willing to be honest with Mm -hmm. one another and they would rather let the friendship die than go through a little bit of the pain of honesty um but i think that's a tool of the enemy he is against anything that looks like truth Mm -hmm. so honesty to me is truth Mm -hmm. uh, or at least the road to it um and i think just we as women have to be more okay with being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. ugly and like Mm -hmm. just honest and truthful with each other because to me that's Mm -hmm. that's where the the strength in it is so Mm -hmm. i think the only thing that i would say to that is you guys are talking about being honest but you're talking about being honest in a constructive and kind way rather than sometimes we use honesty you can act just honest, being real. but it's a passive aggressive mm-hmm. like I'm just gonna tell you and then it it's not really that's not an attitude of restoration and so I I agree yeah, totally that I mean I have to tell my kids I'm sorry sometimes and I don't like apologizing and I don't like admitting that I was wrong but I'm wrong and mm-hmm. I'm telling this to my children who yeah. I birthed you know <laughs> like, I made you I'm wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's good um so let's talk about being honest um, uh-oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> so an- we're going to answer these questions honestly. Um, and it's about loneliness, which is just a true, it's a true emotion. It's a true feeling that we all feel. I mean, being married, I feel lonely sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this is not just for singleness, but loneliness is real for everyone in every stage of life. So um, do you ever feel lonely? And how do you fight that feeling? Yeah, I think you're right. We all in different seasons of life struggle with loneliness. Um, we've, Mary and I have spoken about when we made big moves in our life, whether mm-hmm. it was me over here to America or her moving to the UK, we spent the first few weeks um, in very similar, very similar seasons, <laughs> <Honest>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just feeling very lonely and very alone as well. And so I'd wake up in the morning and roll mm-hmm. out of bed and just all I could do, first of all, is fall on my face and just cry because I was so mm-hmm. lonely. I didn't know anyone, didn't have any friends. Um, but in that, you learn mm. who the greatest friend is, which is yeah. a which is an even bigger gift than any mm. friend could ever be, like physical friend. Mm. So um, I think as well, just encouraging people, if you are lonely or you are going through a season of loneliness, you can be given such an amazing gift in the friendship with the Lord mm. that you won't get if you're not lonely. And I, there's sometimes I miss that season with the Lord because I have my physical friend, I have Mary, and she's always there, always with me. So I never really have to like relearn that lesson you know Mm. or experience or or need god in that way because i have just this abundance of friends Mm. so in the midst of loneliness you can be given a gift in the friendship with the lord that you cannot have when you are not lonely Mm -hmm. no i take that back you can have it but you desire it and you're so much more desperate Mm. for it when he really is your only friend and you're going home on a saturday night from spending the day at the gym because you literally don't have anything else to do no other invites Mm. and you're just spending the time with the lord and that's a precious season not to be wished away definitely so that's what I would say yeah I I agree with you and I read this book before by Elizabeth Elliot because I loved her when I was younger she's amazing do you guys know yes anything by her okay you should yeah she's I'm sorry no it's fine it's the famous quote by Elizabeth and Jim 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 Elliot were missionaries and they went into the jungles and basically ministered to cannibals and they killed him they killed him oh my gosh but then she went back with her children and minister to, to them and so live. I should read her stuff. I'm telling so you. Good. It's and yeah. But she wrote this book and it sounds super depressing. Whenever I say it to girls, they're like, Shay. But it's called <laughs> The Path of Loneliness. And it does sound really depressing, but honestly, that season of life I read it in my early twenties. I just experienced a breakup. I was devastated. I sang Kelly Clarkson at the top of my lungs in the shower oh, about all the breakups. It's a good songs. one. It's so a good. good. One and um I just remember opening that book and reading it and literally like weeping as I was highlighting Mm. the gift of loneliness. And so I'm glad you said that because it's just true. It's hard to see it when you're in it, but it is truly, it's truly a gift. Mm -hmm. And all throughout the book, she just brought examples of how precious Jesus is as a person to us and how we can miss it completely Mm -hmm. if we don't spend that time with him alone. And sometimes he forces that on us to bring us to himself. And so it's perfect. Yeah. Exactly like what you experience because it, it truly is like a great gift. Yeah. yeah. It's hard, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. There's some times in my life where I've felt the presence of God the most mm-hmm. is when I felt the most lonely. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, our culture, maybe this is because I'm around 15-year-old girls mm-hmm. a lot of the time, they're terrified to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like they always want to FaceTime you or got to be with somebody. And they literally, when we were talking to this this girl the other night, I know she's 15, but let's be honest, this is still a lot of us into our 20s and beyond. Um, 
she was talking to this guy who's just not good, like not a good guy. And I was like, why do you want to be with this guy? Like, you don't need a guy. Like, Jesus is enough for you. Uh, trying to encourage her. And we're still trying to work on the Jesus thing. But anyways, and she said, well, you know, I don't want to be like y'all. And I said. And looked at us. What is, oh my, I okay. said, oh what does that mean? She said, you know, like you lonely. And I was like, I am not. We are not lonely i think people just because you are alone aka you don't have a significant other relationship does not mean you have to be lonely Hmm. and i think that's what again the world has equated with it is you can't be alone because you'll be lonely and there'll be no one there and you'll you'll you know Hmm. seep into despair but there's something about learning who you are when you are alone that even when you do get married or that that spouse comes, um, that they are now not your source mm-hmm. of not being lonely. Mm, that's good. Because then you'll be married. And I, I again, I'm not married, but I've been in 16 weddings, okay? So I have 16 <laughs> friends who tell me about their married life. <laughs> yes. And they always, you know, and they're talking to me about, I still need my girlfriends. Like, mm-hmm. this hasn't fixed. Mm-hmm. This hasn't fixed my loneliness. Um, and so I think... Your loneliness will not be fixed by a relationship or a significant other. Um, it can only be satisfied and fixed in the Lord. Then when you get married, it's just like a a cherry on top, the benefit, and he's gonna be I know, just so much happier when we ever whenever we do get married. Be like, Hey babe, I love you, but I'm good. If you wanna go somewhere, like kinda need some alone time actually. I need to feel a little lonely. You're a little too present. Um, so yeah. My opinion anyway. We'll do another podcast when I'm married and I'll let you know. Yes, <laughs> we should do it. Well, um, I know uh, when I broke off an engagement when I was a senior in college. Oh, yeah. And I know that after I did that, I felt really alone. I only had six months to go, but pretty much I felt like I just ruined my whole life obeying God. Um, <laughs> thank you, Lord. And so I would go home to, I was actually staying in a double wide trailer with a couple of other girls. And during college, that was the only place the rental company had to rent out. And so I went into the back bedroom almost every night and cried myself to sleep. Um, Just because I didn't want to talk about it with my roommates. I just, but it was the sweetest time because I think I just felt Jesus's arms right there with me. And I just thought, I, I treasure that time. Um, so I want to ask you guys a fun question. What is your making the most out of your single life, celebrating singlehood? What are some either some trips or the best trip y'all either y'all taken together? I love trips. We've Me done too. we've done a lot in the past few months. We went to Australia together in November um, and hung out with my fam oh and gosh, just toured around. Is beautiful. Aww. And then we also went to like a couple months after that not even maybe six weeks we went to Italy for a couple of weeks together too so I just feel like we're living this single dream and it's awesome Awesome. it's been such a great adventure I'm telling you single ladies if you are listening and I know you are listen go go that's what I say too go live Live. go live your life take trips with your girls you'll never have more money True. Then, and you don't have to ask anyone. Mm-hmm. True. Hey, Sylph, would I like to go to Italy? You know yeah. what? I would. Let us go to Italy <laughs> together. Uh, there is so much 
fullness and life to be mm-hmm. had. Like, there's nothing. If you feel like you're waiting on something, you, what are you waiting for? Just go. I'm, yeah. I'm saving up for my wedding. No. No. That's a hypothetical <laughs> situation. Uh, just pray he's rich and he can take care of it and go on the trips. Yeah. I'm just kidding about just that last one. Just don't put your life on pause. Yes. I think that's what right. you're saying. Don't wait until later to start living the life you want to live because you can have what you want now you can live that life now you don't have to be adventurous when you get married or be a world traveler when you get married just do it right now now. yes it's so funny when i was traveling back from being overseas i was like i've always wanted to go on a mediterranean cruise and i imagined doing that on my honeymoon Mm. but here i was 27 coming back from being overseas and i was like you know what i'm gonna do it on my way home so myself and my teammate we saved our money and we went on my dream honeymoon cruise <laughs> together. Oh, and it awesome. was so great. And I'm so glad that I did that. But I think it's along the lines of what you're saying. Like, yeah. yeah. Just do the thing. Like, yeah. Now, definitely live. don't. You don't want to waste your single years in, like, frivolity or anything. Like, that's right. definitely just, not what we're saying. Just blow your no, money. you don't want to do that. There's definitely wisdom. But right. don't put those things on hold simply because you happen to be single. Yeah. That's not a good enough reason. Yeah. That's true. So... We have to wrap up our time, but um, that was really encouraging <laughs> I talk what forever. you guys said, but is there anything else that you would want to offer the listeners, an encouraging word about being single and how to live that to the fullest? Um, use this time as an opportunity to find out more about who God is, who God's made you to be, because that's going to be one of the greatest gifts you could give mm-hmm. your future spouse should the Lord invite you into marriage one day so yeah it's nothing to be um endured it's nothing to just kind of like numb yourself to with different types of medications whether that's you know entertainment or popularity or world trips Mm -hmm. don't numb yourself to the pain that singleness is embrace it because god is trying to show you something and it doesn't actually have to be painful it's Mm -hmm. an incredible season of life it's very enjoyable you get to meet your best friends i did my single as as a single person have met such a great friend Um, and had I been married I probably wouldn't have come to America and met all these wonderful people so don't just endure it it really is a gift from the Lord so embrace it and find out all that the Lord wants to show you in this season yeah I'll say too I know sometimes in my tougher days of being single because I'm in this room now and I really feel like I don't I honestly don't even really think about being single all that much anymore Um, where it used to feel like it was like a banner over my head or a name tag, like, hello, I'm single, Um, (laughs) that I just carried everywhere. I don't really think about it that much anymore, but I think it's because the Lord has shown me um, that, and I I remember people would tell me singleness is a gift, and I'm like, shut up. (laughs) Like, shut up. It is not. You don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Would you get married when you were 19? Like, (laughs) yeah, I bet you would say that. Let's be honest, like we've all thought that. But I just have to tell you, and this is not a line, this is not Christian cliche, it's just truth, that you have already received the greatest gift you will ever receive in Jesus Christ, period. And regardless of what he decides to bring into my life, Mm -hmm. if there is a spouse in the future, if there are kids, that's another conversation for another day, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. Whatever he decides to bring, it will just be above and beyond the gift he has already given me in the relationship I get to have with Jesus Christ. Mm. There are times when I blush at the thought of how much I love him. Mm. And I know he can teach people that through any way, through early years of marriage. He has everyone on a a different path, but I'm thankful. Mm. 
I'm thankful that he chose singleness for me um, to learn how to love him by myself because mm. um, it's been the most awesome journey and experience. So, so yeah. good. I it's so funny because I have this closing that I was gonna that I wrote uh-huh. out that I was gonna say, and it's really funny because I said. I cannot believe we're in the same room laughing and talking about singing. So I already (laughs) predicted we'd be laughing and having fun. And we've totally had fun with you guys today. And I think what I'm left with is um, I just feel like our listeners are going to feel hope. The single women listening are going to feel. You can do this. Yeah, feel hope from this conversation. So if you are a single or you know someone who is single or anybody really who could listen to this podcast and benefit from it, please share it with them. Um, we've had so so much fun today. Um, and also, if you've enjoyed this episode, guess what? The next one's going to be about dating. So <gasps> we're doing that <laughs> with Shay and Mayor and Stacy. So if you have any comments or you want to get into a conversation about this podcast, you're, please post um, anything on your social media and leave the hashtag Overcoming Monday. And I'll interact with you um, on this conversation. We can keep talking and we can keep putting thoughts out there and encouragement for each other. We can be a community on this Overcoming Monday podcast. Share Macy. <laughs> Macy. Sharon Macy. Share. We came a friendship name. High five. <laughs> I said share Macy. Shay, Mare, and Stacy. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. And um, I thank you for giving our listen- listeners something to overcome this Monday. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Overcoming Monday. Please be sure to subscribe and share us with your friends. You can also connect with Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Her handle is ShariKing99. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, subscribe to her blog at ShariKing.com. Thanks again for listening today, and hopefully we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.